Hello, family. So tonight, I just want to share with you a short reading from a book that I'm currently reading. It's called Vigano versus the Vatican. So just reading from the preface of the book, it says, uh, it reads, Chronicle of a Vatican cover-up. It goes on to say, in an explosive August 2018 document, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano implicated many Catholic bishops and Pope Francis himself in a decades-long cover-up of the sexual crimes of the now-disgraced serial predator, former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick. Long the most powerful figure in the American church, shocking faithful Catholics worldwide, Pope Francis refused to deny the accusations that Archbishop Vingano made against him in that 10-page document, stunned himself, Marco Tossati, the Italian journalist who first broke the story of the cover-up, here recounts the whole tale. In this stunning report, you will learn of McCarrick's long-time long abuses of seminarians and young priests, his inexplicable promotions to the highest ranks in the church, despite widespread knowledge of his crimes and the scandalous cover-up that has traumatised the Catholic world and continues to this day. So um, it goes on to say on the front cover, Vigano versus the Vatican, the uncensored testimony of the Italian journalist who helped break the story. So that, of course, is a Marco Tassati. So, uh, Vigano versus the Vatican, it opens... It opens with saying the origins of the drama. As I'll read from page five... It says, the story of the Vigano dossier and of everything that followed began for me one morning at the end of July 2018. A friend phoned me and asked me if I'd read an article about the McGarrick affair on a website that follows the Vatican and has close ties to the, to the Secretariat of State. Cardinal Theodore McGarrick, an American cardinal, had been accused in a civil case of abuse of a minor many years ago and as a result, had been disciplined by the Vatican, which stripped him of his red hat and ordered him to live a life of seclusion, prayer and penance. All this after many years of travelling the world and acting as an unofficial ambassador of the Holy See. So jumping now to page 10. It goes on to say, I cannot forget the doubts that were cast everywhere by the pro-Francis press gang about the existence of any steps taken by Pope Benedict XVI against Cardinal McGarrick. It must have been a terrible day for them when Cardinal Ouellet confirmed it in his anti-Vigano tirade, discussed later in these pages. But I'm a person capable of rejoicing in every circumstance and able to smile and give thanks. The focus of Vigano's testimony was, and still is, what I called attention to in my blog, Still Am Cure, on August the 26th, 2018, the Sunday morning when La Verita published the entire document. To wit, since 2013, immediately after his election, Pope Francis knew about all the misdeeds of Cardinal Theodore McGarrick. Not only did he choose not to do anything, he even made Cardinal McGarrick his privileged counsellor regarding the nomination of bishops and cardinals in the church in America and for international politics. In effect, the reigning pontiff covered for Cardinal McGarrick for five years 
all the time knowing that McGarrick had sexually abused dozens of seminarians and young priests. This is the explosive claim of Archbishop Bingano. Further, in 2013, and in his official capacity, Bingano personally informed the pontiff of McGarrick's misdeeds and did so in response to a request of the Pope concerning the situation of this homosexual predator cardinal. Vigano claim, Vigano's claim is contained along with many other details in the 10-page document that the Archbishop shared with me and on which we work together. Among other things, Monsignor Vingano reveals in it that Cardinal McGarrick was previously subjected by Benedict XVI to a punishment analogous to the one he has received in recent weeks, a punishment that, however, Cardinal Well, the Archbishop of Washington, never actually applied and that Pope Francis de facto cancelled from the moment of his election. Here is what Archbishop Vingano said. The principal reason I am revealing this information now is because of the tragic situation in the church, which can be repaired only by the full truth, in the same way in which it has been greatly wounded by the abuse and by intrigues. I am doing it to protect the church. Only the truth can set her free. The second reason is to unburden my conscience before God of my responsibility as a bishop for the universal church. I am old and I want to present myself to God with a clean conscience. The secrets of the church, even pontifical secrets, are not taboo. They are instruments for protecting her and her children from her enemies. Secrets should not be used for conspiracies. The people of God have the right to know the whole truth regarding their pastors. They have right, the right to be guided by good pastors in order to be able to trust them and love them. They must know them openly and with transparency. A priest should be a light on a lampstand always and everywhere and for everyone. The beginning of the great silence. Going on to page 15. The pontiff was in Dublin on the Sunday morning of the publication of Vigano's testimony. And that day on his flight back to Rome, he chose not to say a word. Even unto today, he has not. Here is the account according to the reputable news site, Catholic News Agency. I have read the declaration this morning, said Pope Francis. And I must tell you sincerely, I must say this to you and to all who are interested and read the declaration attentively, oh, read the declaration attentively and form your own judgments. I will not say another word about this. Further, he said that he believed in the journalistic capacity to draw one's own conclusions, defining it as an act of faith. When some time has passed and you have reached your own conclusions, I will be able to speak, but I would like your professional maturity to do the work for you. It will be good for you he said to members of the press. Asked in a follow-up question when he knew about the accusations of abuse against McGarrick, Pope Francis replied, this is part of the declaration. Study it and then I will tell you. We will soon return to the argument, but it seems that the route chosen by the pontiff is an extremely weak way to respond to the legitimate questions that Catholics are raising. In fact, a quick glance through reactions to the attempts at justification adopted on the web by his communication spin doctor, 
Antonio Spadaro, SJ, showed clearly that many people were troubled by it. So now reading from page 20, it goes on to say that Carlo Maria Vingano, whose testimony Pope Francis did not deny during the phone press conference, is neither a member of the gay Vatican lobby nor a manufacturer of fake news who enjoys papal, papal approval. Or to explain it better, this man, Archbishop Bingano, who with his denunciation of Pope Francis has everything to lose and nothing to gain, formerly had the seal of papal approval at the time of Benedict XVI, who held him in high regard. Then Secretary of State Cardinal Tarsiso Bertoni, the one who built himself a penthouse using money stolen from Bambino Gisu Hospital, saw fit to remove Bingano, sending him to the USA as nuncio. We do not need to use our imagination here to see that providence follows very strange paths, because Bertoni thought he would cut off the legs of one of his enemies in his Italian affairs, and yet without intending it, he sent Bingano to the very nation that would become, under Francis's pontificate, a key country for the exposure of evil within the church. Bingano was then removed from his position, unbeknownst to the German Pope, who, surrounded by enemies and without practical power, resigned shortly thereafter, basically admitting that he was no longer able to carry out his mission. There were too many Judases surrounding him. Meanwhile, the new boss Francis, while placing gay-minded men in key positions everywhere, in Italy, from the aforementioned Dario Eduardo Vingano to Nuncio Galantano, made president of the Italian Bishops' Conference by Francis in 2013, to Vincenzo Paglia, made president of the Pontifical Academy for Life, at the same time launched a war without quarter against the American bishops for their crime of opposing the Obama administration's pro-abortion and pro-gender ideology agenda. And thus Pope Francis isolated Cardinal Raymond Burke, removing him from the congregation of bishops and sought to sideline the conservative American cardinals Timothy Dolan and Daniel DiNardo, turning instead for a source of new cardinals to whom? To the serial abuser Cardinal McGarrick. One does not need to read the specific testimony of Carlo Maria Vingano to understand, to understand this. Just scroll through the CVs of the pro-Francis cardinals well, Capuch, Tobin, etc. Every single one is an intimate friend of McGarrick, and every single one is someone close to the gay lobby. To be sure, Vigano also offers us further details about the system of cover-ups that all of them, McGarrick most of all, profited from. Secretaries of State Sodano and Bertoni and their associates, even before the fight, even before the flight took off, thanks to Francis. Vingano does not have an a priori objective to bring down Pope Francis. He simply tells the whole truth, including about who was in place in the system of cover-up before Francis. Thus, as we have said, Vingano, kicked out of Rome, ended up in the USA, where he fought the internal war within the American Episcopate, sparked by the new bishops, named by Francis, as well as by the old progressives, who had been disarmed under Benedict XVI. As they had done in Rome, so in this case, 
Bingano followed the correct canonical route and denounced McGarrick to his superiors. He spoke also directly with Francis about McGarrick, but without any result. Then, in 2016, Bingano retired and continued to observe what was happening. On several occasions, he spoke with Catholic authorities who asked him to speak out. Tell everything, please, for the good of the church. But Bingano had his reservations. He loved the church and did not want to hurt her and would not act until the time was ripe, until everything that we have seen happened with McGarrick, Maridiega and was and were and well became at least partially known publicly and it all ended up in the eye of the hurricane. What did the supreme head Francis do? He continued to pretend nothing is wrong. Worse, he called homosexuality paedophilia and once again carefully avoided placing the blame on those who truly are to blame. Could Vingano, knowing everything, tolerate their continuing to place the blame for the abominations that happened in the USA on a vague clericalism in the church in general, on, unid on unidentified persons? No, for this reason, for the sake of his love for justice and for the church, he decided to speak to the ones who were to blame. The abusers, such as McGarrick, had first and last names, as did those who covered it up from Batoni to Francis. To speak those names out loud would bring on insults, slanders and stomachaches. But would there be even one bishop, just one, who would have the courage to suffer these trials in order to wash away the disgusting scandals that the faithful were witnessing? Behold, Vingano chose to do this. So that's the end of the, uh, of the reading of Vingano versus the Vatican. The uncensored testimony of the Italian journalist who helped break the story of the uh, sexual abuse scandal uh, within the uh, the Vatican, um, Marco Tosati.